0: Keyboard Kimura is presented by One Bone, the first size-inclusive, big and tall brand. If you've been rocking with me for a while, you know I'm always rocking One Bone, and there's a bunch of reasons why. In addition to the fact that I straight up love their gear, from the different pants and shorts, to the shirt varieties, hoodies, zips, the hot sauce, it's also because they understand that size doesn't matter, fit does. I'm a bigger guy, and I carry it all in my belly, which meant for me, Finding shirts that were long enough to not be revealing when I raised my arms, or that kept me covered if I had to crouch down to pick something up was a challenge, but OneBone solved that. All the tops have added length to cover the gap between your shirt and your pants, and everything is made from premium fabrics, with tops ranging in size from medium to 8XL, and bottoms going from a waist size of 30 to 65 inches. From flyweight to heavyweight and beyond, OneBone has got you covered. They offer free exchanges and returns in order to guarantee your perfect fit. And you can even buy now and pay later with four interest-free payments. On top of that, they're Canadian, just like me. And for me, that's important. New gear drops every couple of weeks, including the fall collection hitting the market recently, and it's got some absolute bangers in it. And the website and app are always loaded with the latest gear, styles, and offerings. As a One Bone Ambassador, I've got you covered with a one-time promo code for 15% off your entire order. All you have to do is visit the link in the show notes, onebonebrand.com forward slash Spencer Kite, and enter the promo code Spencer That's my name, all caps, all one word, at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your entire order. It is a one-time use code, but I'm confident that once you cop some One Bone and become part of the One Bone family, you'll understand why my entire wardrobe consists of one bone apparel. One bone, the biggest brand. Greetings, salutations. Welcome, everybody, back to Keyboard Tomorrow. UFC 294 Picks and Plays, presented by One Bone. I am Method Kite. It is time to get into this fight card, go through who I think is going to win these matchups, go through some of the ideas I have for some wagering selections. I'm not going to recap because we'd be going way too far back. It has been way too damn long since I have been here delivering this series, since I have been here on a Friday afternoon, rocking the picks and plays. Suffice to say... I'm not where I'm at. I'm not where I would like to be in terms of my predictions for the year. I'm hoping we have a nice two month run here to close out 2023 to get us going into 2024 on a good stretch where I can stay consistent, where I can stay active on this show, delivering good picks. As for the plays, this year has just been an indication and a reminder that doing this stuff is tough. And before we get into the actual selections. As always, I would just like to remind everybody to please gamble responsibly. This is meant to be additive. This is meant to be fun. This is meant to be a way to add a little spice to your weekend fight watching enjoyment. For me, these are just numbers on a spreadsheet. Even though I'm keeping them real small this week as I, you know, dip my toe back in the water, this is just monopoly money for me. I'm not out here making these actual bets that would be too stressful for me i couldn't i couldn't live that life i've been down those roads before and i can't do it anymore but for everybody out there if you are making these wagers please remember only put in what you can afford to lose do not overextend yourself and if you are dealing with any issues yourself anyone you know anyone you love please reach out for help i will include links in the show notes for help centers and help resources in Canada, the United States, the United Kingdom, and Ireland. So you can click on those links, get yourself the help that you need, or, you know, figure out how to help those that you love. Because this stuff, it can get away from you. We all know it, right? It's understood. This stuff can get on top of you. I've seen it. I've experienced it in my life. Please do not let that happen to you or anyone you love. So if you are having problems, if you are dealing with problem gambling issues, please reach out, seek help. As always, my DMs, are always open at Spencer Kite on both Twitter and Instagram. So if you need to reach out to me, I am here to listen. I am here to help however I can. That being said, it always feels like a weird segue, right? Please gamble responsibly. Here's my gambling selections, but that's what we're here for. We're here for the picks. We're here for the plays. So let's get into it. UFC 294, Eddie Hadd Arena in Abu Dhabi, early start time, 7 a.m. kickoff for the prelims here on the West Coast of Canada. Main event, Islam Mahashev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. My pick is Alexander Volkanovsky. I've gone back and forth on this one, and I think Mahashev is going to look to strike more. I think he's going to try to conserve some of that energy used in wrestling the first time around, a little bit better this time out. But there's something about Alexander Volkanovsky that I have believed in from very early on in his career that I've continued to believe in as he's climbed the featherweight ranks and reached the summit and then continued extending that mountain taller and taller, as he told me before the Yaya Rodriguez fight. And there's something about him on short notice coming into this one without the Australian fans behind him, going to a more Mahashev-friendly locale that really excites me about this fight, that really excites me about his opportunity. I think he did well in that first fight. And as a athlete, as somebody with a tremendous team around him, I think he's somebody that's going to make the necessary adjustments to close that gap even more. And it wasn't a big gap the first time around. And so if he's figured out one or two little things that make 48-47 twice and 49-46 once in February closer, To me, that becomes a Volkanovski victory, and I have faith in him closing that gap and making those adjustments. When Sean Madden and I talked about this fight for the Coach Conversation Series, which is up on UFC.com now, one of the things we talked about was that in terms of changes between these fights and just improvements and advancements going forward, we both felt like Volkanovski has the more room to grow. Not that Mahashev isn't going to continue to fine tune and sharpen skills, but Volkanovsky feels like the guy that makes those appreciable gains more and more between fights. And so as he's talked about, and as Sean and I both assumed, he's been planning for this one and working towards this one since that day in February when he lost the fight. And so while it is short notice, And I'm a little bit worried about the gas tank in terms of just the ability to go hard for 25 minutes. We've never seen Volkanovsky tire. He's never been a guy that has ever even come close to looking tired. In fact, he's somebody that is always ramped up as we go forward, as we've seen in these different fights, right? Second fight with Max Holloway, last couple of fights at Featherweight as well in terms of Yair Rodriguez and Chan Sung Jung and Brian Ortega, like all of those different fights, he has just continued to get better the longer we go. And as these opponents fade, he just distances himself even more. Mahashev looked pretty drawn out this week. It seemed, as always, like a pretty challenging weight cut. And so while it is short notice, Volk isn't a guy that gets crazy out of shape that, you know, has to go into camp and lose 20 pounds to get to 145 or anything like that. He came in a little under the lightweight limit this time around, which tells you, which tells me that he was in pretty good shape as he was getting ready for this. Maybe even having started dipping his toes in the water for a, for a potential January fight. And so for me, I just think we get and New, which then means we probably get a trilogy fight, which we'll, we'll cover when we get to Sunday, when the smoke clears and the dust settles from this one. On the play front, liking the underdog, there's obviously going to be some selections. And for me, it's $25 on the Volkanovski money line at plus 200, which returns 75 bucks. And it's another another 25 on Volkanovski to win by decision at plus 450, which returns 137.50. I don't think he's going to finish Islam Mahashev. Volk isn't a one-hitter-quitter guy. He's a death-by-a-thousand-cuts suffocate you, drowned you with pace kind of guy. And I don't think that's going to happen in this fight. I think the more likely path is that he wins on the scorecards and it's probably close. It's probably going to be 48, 47. It might be a split decision. I think these two are going to always be competitive with one another. And it's always going to be an entertaining, close fight. I just see the Australian getting his hand raised on Saturday. Co-main event, Kamaru Usman versus Hamzat Chemayev. My pick here is Chemayev, and I think he rolls. I think this is the kind of matchup that is, is a nightmare for Kamaru Usman, quite frankly. And I know he said all this stuff about like, look, everybody loses, and I'm going to teach this guy what it's like to, to not be invincible. And all the things he does well, I do well too. I don't think he does them to this level anymore. I think we have started to see the decline of Kamaro Usman and it's been slow. It hasn't been big steps. He was still competitive in that second fight with Leon Edwards, the first fight. He was winning it up until he got kicked in the head. But I think given the miles, given the years, given the questions I have about the knee from the open workout, and he's, again, said all the right things. Nope, nothing wrong with it. Feels like a thing that's always an issue for him a little bit. The knees are certainly years of wrestling. It it takes a toll. And I just think Chemaev comes out and manhandles him. I think the size is going to be appreciably different. I think this is going to be one of those instances where on fight night you see guys that look like they're in different weight classes. Now it might be that Chamaev looks like he should probably be at 205 and Usman looks like a reasonable 185. But I just think. As much as Chemayev only has a couple inches in height, and I think it's one inch in reach, if that, he just feels physically imposing wise, like he is going to be the bigger, stronger, faster, more dominant athlete in there. And that, that's just what happens at times, right? Great fighters can't be great fighters for the entirety of their career, or very seldom. Can they be great fighters for the entirety of their career? Eventually, father time catches up to them. They start receding. I think that's what we're seeing with Usman. I think Chamayev advances that on Saturday with a dominant performance. On the play front, 50 bucks on Chamaev, by KO, TKO, or DQ at plus 187. Returns 143.40. I think he gets it done. I don't think that it is a submission. I think there's a possibility that he just one-shots Kamara Usman. He's got big power, and we've seen Usman get hurt and get dropped and get rocked in the past, right? Gilbert Burns put him down. Obviously, we saw Leon Edwards put him out. Chemayev is a big, strong boy, and he's going to be coming quick. He's going to be coming right out of the chute, and I think he gets him. And hopefully, it's a TKO or not, and not a submission, and we cash that ticket. Middle fight on the main card, Magometta Ankalaev versus Johnny Walker in the light heavyweight division. My pick is Ankalayev. I think he just has far more complete, a, a far more complete skill set and arsenal and available weaponry. I think this should be wrestle, 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 15 minutes. Play it safe. Protect yourself. Don't get caught with anything funky. Make this dude work against the fence on the ground, get himself back up, close the, di- like all the things that worked well in the final two rounds of the Jan Bojavich fight, all the stuff that worked well in the Nikita Krilov fight, just go do that. Because standing with Johnny Walker is where things can get hectic. It's where things can go sideways. He's big, he's long, he's weird, he's powerful. So just get out there and wrestle. You have a colossal advantage in the grappling department. Go use it. Get your hand raised and then get on the mic through a translator and say you want next. Because that's where you should be. Unbeaten as long as he has been in the UFC. A big win on Saturday should put him as next in line for the winner of the upcoming fight between Yuri Prohashka and Alex Paheya. And I think Ankalaev gets it done. But I'm not that confident. And so on the play front, it is a complete stay away from me. It is no plays. It is the first of several no plays today with this fight card. I think he should go out and wrestle and win handily. But Johnny Walker is the kind of guy that can throw a spanner in the works real easy. And so stay away. Keep the money in my pocket. Keep the powder dry. Just watch the fight and see what happens. Second middleweight bout of the main card, Ikram Aliskarov versus Warley Alves. My pick, as you likely guess, if you've been listening and watching throughout this week is Aliskarov. I think he is the real deal. I think he is going to be a contender within the next 18 months. And I think he goes out and shows it again on Saturday. I think he has kind of similar to Ankalayev. The paths to victory are numerous. He's the kind of guy that if the striking isn't going well, cool, we'll just go to the ground and I'll grapple and I'll look for submissions. He's a guy that loves a Kimura. Obviously, I love a Kimura, so I'm hoping to see another Kimura. I was pumped a few weeks ago, a few months ago, right? Martin Budai submits my UFC doppelganger, Josh Parisian, with a Kimura. You want to see one of my guys go out here in Aliskarov and snatch up an arm, torque a shoulder into a gruesome position? I'm all for it. But I do think the more likely path is a TKO. I think Warley Alves is a guy that is willing to go out there and trade with you Early. He's a guy that fades late, right? He's got a solid five minutes. And then he's got an iffy second five minutes. And then he's got a oh god, I hope we don't get here five minutes for the third round. I think Aliskarov gets him out of there before that. On the play front, it is $50 on Aliskarov by K O T K O or DQ at plus 140, which returns 120 bucks. He just feels like one of these guys to me. That until he gets into facing those single digit fighters in the middleweight division, he's going to be putting people out, and he's going to be piling up wins, and we're going to be sitting here going, "What's this guy's ceiling?" Let's let's find out. I think it's going to come. We're going to find out. He's going to look good on Saturday. That's my prediction. Main card opener: Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Muin Gafarov. My pick is Nurmagomedov. As much as I think Gafarov looked good in his short notice debut against John Castaneda, this is a different tier of opponent. And so, and I say this with no disrespect to my fellow Canadian Chad Ann Helliger, when you're a guy that goes to a split decision with Chad Ann Helliger and then struggles a little bit and loses, albeit on short notice, to John Castaneda, I can't pick you to go out and beat Said Magomedov, who is somebody that, well, he's not ranked right now at Bantamweight. He has been in the past. He's seven and two overall. Sorry, six and two overall in the UFC. He's seventeen and three for his career. He is a very good fighter, and I just think there's more ways for Nurmagomedov to get this done on Saturday. On the betting front, this is another no play. Said Nurmagomedov. As much as I think he wins this fight and wins it handily, he likes to throw way too much spinning shit for me, and so I tend to stay away. He's a guy that it feels like for me at times makes things too difficult for himself, goes out and makes fights that shouldn't be close, close. And Gafarov is going to be dialed in and locked in and ready to go. But I think Saeed gets the job done. I'm not confident enough to go to the wickets for it. So we just watch the main card opener and enjoy. It's Keyboard Kimura Podcast, UFC 294. Picks and plays presented by One Bone. E. Spencer Kite moving to the prelims. Tim Elliott versus Muhammad Makhayev. My pick is Makhayev. I think he is another one of these top fifteen, top ten guys that is going to get by Elliott. I think the things that he does well neutralizes or potentially neutralizes a bunch of the stuff that Tim Elliott does well in terms of the scrambles, in terms of the grappling, and I think there's a little more finishing power, a little more finishing instincts on his side. I also think there should be, or I hope there will be a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, a little bit of the, I got to go out and make a bit of a statement here. He enjoys fighting in Abu Dhabi. He fought there last year. He's trained and competed in the region a great deal over the course of his career. And I think he will be buoyed by that and motivated by that to go out and have a really strong performance that sort of Silences a little bit of that. Maybe he isn't as good as we think, Chatter. That maybe I'm the only one talking about it. Maybe I'm the only one that feels that way. But after consecutive fights with Malcolm Gordon and Jafel Filo, where they felt a little closer, a little scarier than they should be, I think Mo goes out and has a real dominant performance and gets a fourth consecutive UFC victory on Saturday. On the play front, this is my one dart throw of the week. 20 bucks on Makaev to finish in round three at plus 300 returns, sorry, plus 800 returns $180. Here's the logic. One, he's finished his last two fights in round three. So that part makes it kind of simple. But also, Tim Elliott, similar to Warley Alves, great first five, okay second five, hanging on by a thread come the final five minutes. And so if we get there, I think there will be greater opportunities for Makayev to chase down a finish. We've seen it twice. You're giving me eight to one odds. For 20 bucks, I'm going to take. 20 bucks that I'm never going to see again. That is just numbers on a spreadsheet. It feels like a reasonable play. Move to lightweight. Muhammad Yaya versus Trevor Peak. My pick here is Yaya, and it almost has nothing to do with Muhammad Yaya. It has more to do with Trevor Peak being a wild man And while there will always be the possibility that he lands something serious and puts Yaya or anyone else that he's in there with out, I can't back a guy that has no fundamentals whatsoever, that has no technique whatsoever. And so if Yaya has got a little bit of wrestling, if he's got a little bit of conditioning, if he's bolstered by the fact that this is my debut in my home region, I think he can go out there. He's not having to travel nearly the distance that Trevor Peak has. That is certainly a thing that I think weighs into this. And so I'm going to take the dog here and see if Yaya can get a victory over the wild man who's going to come out balls to the wall. Same as always, right? It's a hundred until it's on zero. It's a hundred until the gas tank is empty. And I think Yaya is going to be able to survive it and find himself getting his hand raised. This is an absolute stay away though from a play's perspective. And now there are certainly avenues that you can explore. If you like the underdog money on Yaya go nuts. If you like stoppage props for Trevor peak, certainly be some opportunities. You want to throw a round in there that he gets it done. One of them gets it done in one, two or three by all means for me, this is a complete stay away because it's just, this is a chaos fight to me. This can go any number of ways none of which would surprise me. And so I'm just avoiding it at all costs. We move to Bantamweight, Javid Basharat versus Victor Henry. My pick is Javid Basharat. I think he is the more complete fighter. I think he is younger, more technical. I know that he is younger. I think he's more technical. I think he's more well-rounded. And I think he's just going to be able to be the aggressor successfully enough that he chips away and whittles away at Victor Henry. I know I said all week, that this is a spot where I would like to see, and I think Javid Basharat needs to have a big performance, a standout performance. But I don't think it's coming because Victor Henry isn't a guy that you go out there and style on. He's not a guy that you necessarily go out there and run through. And if Basharat does, that tells you something. That is a big, big statement if he's able to. I think the more likely thing we see is Basharat go out, remain fundamentally sound, Remain technical, use a lot of low kicks, mix it up with the hands, mix in some grappling, and just get himself another victory. Keep moving forward, keep climbing the ranks, keep putting a little more distance between himself and his younger brother, Farad, which is always a thing that he wants to do. Stay ahead of little brother, can't let him gain too much ground. I think he gets the victory on a wagering front. I'm staying away. I think Javid is too big of a favorite for me to invest on that side. I'm not chasing anything on the underdog side. I think even the decision prop is a number that I'm not that interested in. And so I just want to watch this fight, sit back, enjoy, see what happens. Back to middleweight, Abu Azaitar versus Cedricus Dumas. My pick is Dumas simply because Azaitar doesn't fight very often. I don't think either of these guys are particularly skilled, dangerous, high-level fighters. Azaitar, because he's been around forever forever, is old, hasn't fought in a number of years and isn't going to get there. And Dumas, because he maybe is just not there yet. He's still young. He's still inexperienced. He's still green. I think he can go out there. And as long as he avoids that first 90 seconds of big power and big expenditure from Azaitar, he should be able to get this victory. I'm surprised. I, When this was announced, I was surprised that Abu Azaitar was still on the roster and still a guy that would be getting booked. For fights. As I said yesterday, as Aaron Bronsetter pointed out to me when I spoke to him earlier in the week for the Keyboard Kimura podcast about influencer boxing, Dumas started fighting after his ITAR's last UFC appearance. That makes me lean to the contender series grad from last year. Picked up a win last time out, looked good doing so. I think he's able to get his hand raised for a second straight fight on Saturday. But I'm not going anywhere near it with my money. Real or pretend. I want nothing to do with this fight from a wagering standpoint. Move back to the lightweight division. Mike Breeden, who missed weight for this fight versus Anshul Jubilee. My pick is Jubilee. It was going to be my pick, regardless of Mike Breeden, missing weight by three pounds and then change. I just think this is a fight where we, we see Jubilee have success. I don't think, as I mentioned it yesterday, Mike Breeden is a guy that has the ability to compete at this level. I think he's a solid regional talent, but not a guy that's going to have success in the UFC. And as long as you are somebody that has the ability to win fights in this promotion, I think you're going to beat him. And I think Jubilee has the ability to win fights inside the octagon. He has won. Yes. It is over a fellow newcomer in Jack. I think he gets number two here on Saturday on the play front. Not sure how he gets the finish, but I think he gets the finish. So I'm hedging between the two. 50 bucks on KOTKO DQ at plus 240 returns 170. And then 25 bucks on Jubilee by submission at plus 450 returns 137.5. So if he finishes, we cash. It's 75 bucks out, either 170 back or 137.50 back. We turn a profit either way. It's a solid profit either way. Mike Braden has been finished in two of his three UFC losses. I think Jubilee is good enough strong enough. And with Mike Breeden missing weight, going to be in better condition to be able to put this guy on this canvas. I honestly think it's going to look similar to the Jekka fight, put him on the ground, get to dominant positions, pound out a finish or get your arms under the, get your forearm under the neck and choke out a tap. Jubilee gets another win and the UFC gets a guy from India that they might be able to build around a little bit, that they might be able to develop, see where this guy gets to. As I said yesterday, I'm a little I'm a little worried because he turns 29 in January, and that feels a little late to be starting and making a run, but we'll see. I think he gets a good win on Saturday, and then we'll see what 2024 and beyond holds. Move to featherweight, Nathaniel Wood versus Muhammad Naimov. My pick is Wood. I think he is the more complete fighter of the two. I think he's the more experienced. And I think we just see another well-rounded, solid win from the Brad Pickett protege. This is a competitive fight, though. This is a tough fight. I think it's going to look similar to his last two wins. It's really, the way that I'm thinking about this fight and, and how I'm, you know, organizing my thoughts in terms of assessments of this and wagers on this is that it looks similar to Charles Jordan. It looks similar to Andre Feely, where there is some back and forth, where there are some moments where Nathaniel Wood gets hit with some stuff. I don't think he is going to run through Muhammad Naimov, and maybe he does. Who knows? Nathaniel Wood has the talent to blow people out if need be. But I think it's going to be a close competitive fight. I just think he gets his hand raised. On the play front, I've got 25 bucks on Wood by decision at plus 110, which returns 5250. It's a chance to double up and then some on a result that I think feels like the most logical result. Naimov can crack. He might get a TKO here. We've seen Wood get hurt. We've seen him get stung. We've also seen him rally from getting hurt and stung. But I think the most likely outcome is a competitive 15 minutes where Wood gets his hand raised at the end of the fight. So we go 25 to get 52 and a half. And we just put a little profit in our pocket early in the night. Move to Strawweight. Victoria Dudakova versus Jin Frey. My pick is Dudakova. I just think Frey is at that point in her career where she can't hang with these younger, more athletic, stronger fighters, even though she has a significant edge in terms of experience. Jinhu Frey is also somebody that tends to fade over the course of fights. She looks good early. And then in those second and third rounds, Saif Saoud has to be in her corner barking at her to get throwing her hands, to get moving forward, to get using her skills and her talents and her explosiveness. And it just isn't there anymore. And I think Dudakova is good enough that she can win this kind of fight. I don't know how good she's going to be as an overall prospect, but I think she's solid enough to get a victory on Saturday, keep moving forward undefeated, and get herself a step up in competition after this one. Playfront, we're going 20 bucks Dudakova by decision at plus 110 for a $42 return. This is just betting the odds. This is just betting the tendencies, right? Most likely outcome here is a decision and I can still double up and a little more taking that, see what we do in the opener, middleweight division, Shara Magomedov versus Bruno Silva. I'm picking Bruno Silva. Shara bullet is on the, you got to show me before I will pick you. I got to see it to believe it situation. I get this way at times. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. But I'm going to go with the guy that I've seen knock out Brad Tavares in the first round. I'm going to go with the guy that I've seen get his hand raised a few times in the UFC and earn some finishes in the UFC against solid competition over the hyped guy that's been hammering cans all around the globe. Undefeated, great kickboxer from all accounts, going to come in here, going to get opportunities. Got to see it till I believe it. I'm not making any wagers. I'm keeping my money in my pocket for this one because Bruno Silva is capable of getting knocked out. Certainly possible. Maybe Shara Bullet is the real deal. And I look like an idiot. And some of my parlays go out the window in the first fight. Wouldn't be the first time. Won't be the last time. But I'm taking the Brazilian vet, veteran and we'll see how it plays out. I mentioned in there, some of my parlays go out the window. And this is, as always, my favorite part of the show. It is the Punch Drunk Prediction parlays. We take our main card. Our preliminary card and our full card fights. We bundle them all together in ten dollars wagers. Get some nice big combined odds. See if we can't cash a bigger ticket over the course of the day. So on the on the main card parlay, we have Alexander Volkanovsky, Hamzat Chimaev, Hamzat Hamzat Chimaev, Magomed Ankalaev, Ikram Eliskarov, and Said Nurmagomedov. A ten dollars wager for with combined odds of plus seven hundred and forty five returns seventy five dollars and $0.46. Cents. Sorry, returns $84.46. It's, it's a reasonable number to me. It's a good number to me. We've got one underdog in there in Volkanovsky. It could very well be one of those ones where we're looking to hedge at the end and looking to bail out at the end. I think Volk gets it done. We'll see if the other if the other favorites can carry their end of the bargain. And if they do, 10 turns into almost 75. So, we're, sorry, 10 turns into almost a $75 profit, I should say. And we're happy with it. On the prelims, Mohamed Makaev, Mohamed Yaya, Javid Bashra, Sidrikas Dumas, Anshul Jubli, Nathaniel Wood, Victoria Dudakova, and Bruno Silva. $10 wager, combined odds of plus $3,317, returns $341.72. couple of dogs in there. A couple of shots that were taken. But we'll see. This is this is what the parlays are about. And on the full card, it is all of those winners combined, the 13 fighters that we like on Saturday at UFC 294. Volkanovski, Shemaev, Ankalaev, Aliskarov, Nurmagomedov, Mokaev, Yaya, Basharet, Dumas, Jubli, Wood, Dudakova, Silva, 10 bucks, combined odds of plus 12,010. Returns $1,210.96. If we hit it, I'll be real happy on Sunday. It's all like it's been way too long since I've hit a full card parlay. Way too long. We've got a few underdogs in there. There's usually a few underdogs every fight card. Let's see if they can't be ours. See if we can't close this out with a big winner and a full card prelim parlay, full card parlay, excuse me, that puts them some money in our fictional pocket, in our fictional bank account, in our hypothetical bank account to end the day. That's it for the picks and plays. That's it for the video content this week. We did a full week. Been good to be back. I appreciate everybody sticking with me, sticking through it. Hope you are as excited as I am. UFC 294 kicks off tomorrow, 7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast. Fight Pass, ESPN Plus if you're in the States, wherever, check your local service provider wherever you are listening to this or watching this. Check out the boys at OneBone forward slash Spencer Kite. Spencer Kite at checkout for 15% off. Click the QR code, go to the Substack, sign up for the Keyboard Kimura newsletter. $0 a month, $5 a month, 50 bucks for the year. Gets you all of this content straight into your inbox as soon as we hit publish. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Spencer Kite. Know that you are loved. Know that you are appreciated. Thank you. Looking forward to tomorrow. Check me out on Twitter. I will be there talking the whole way through. It's UFC 294, baby. Let's go.